Double barrel non-duality. We do this once a month. If anyone's interested in joining, um, you can become a sustaining member or above on the YouTube channel and you'll have access to double barrel non-duality as well as a, a monthly uh, live. Um, I do at least one of each every month. Um, so we do have a guest every month. This month's guest will be slightly late, so we'll uh, pop them on when they arrive. So for the first uh, 15 minutes or so, you're going to have a single barrel on duality. All right. So you can just raise your hand. There's a little button at the bottom of your um, Zoom screen. It says reactions. And one of the options there is to raise your hand. Once you raise your hand, I'll see that your hand is raised. Hello, Angelo. Do you hear me? I do. How are you doing? Fine. Thank you. Nice Good. to uh, to talk with you again. Nice to see you. Um, since uh, the last time we we spoke, uh, I have learned to relax more and more when the um, episode of dissolving start to happen. La last time we spoke, I was explaining to you that each time they start, I was, uh, I had a physical jerking motion, and now it's uh, now I, I am more relaxed, so it's uh, it's a little bit better. Good to hear it, and uh, and I can even deliberately go uh, there for uh, less than a minute at uh, at the time so it's still some some small uh, ex uh, ex experience that do not last yeah but what the what i wanted to discuss with you i will switch my view yeah but what i wanted to discuss uh, with you was uh, feelings that I have now touching much more clearly than before. Mm -hmm. And the, the first feeling that uh, I felt very strongly was something saying, you do not deserve to be in peace. You do not deserve to be happy. Uh, it's. I, I was not completely surprised because I kind of knew that I, I had this uh, thing against myself, but it it has it started to become much more uh, clear and 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 obvious. And the second feeling that started to come up was uh, something in in my belly saying no. You are not going that way. No, 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 no way. So you're kind of uh, big no in in the, in, in the belly. So I remember that you said several times that we should try to, uh, if there are some forms of, of meditation or some form of practice that we have avoided until now, it's maybe a good uh, time to try those. So. There is indeed one form of meditation that I always felt um, 
Ripple's barrier, it's uh, meta med, 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 meditation. Not, and the, the reason I was not wanting to go there was because I kind of knew that the very first step of this meditation where, where we are supposed to direct compassion toward yourself would be the one that would be difficult for me, more than directing to, to, to others. So I have started to practice this. And it, I think it is giving me a great results. So uh, uh, I will continue in that way. But for the big no that arises in my belly saying, no, 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 forget about it. We will not let that thing go ever. I am less sure what uh, what I can do uh, about this one. So if you have some hints or guidance for me. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So the no, the no experience, you can dance with it. Um, don't don't take a position like it should be there or it shouldn't be there. Um, so don't make any conclusions about it. Just just see it what for what it is, feel it for what it is, meet it directly for what it is. And if it's partially psychological, it, it has a story or a narrative or just even the word no or not not gonna happen or whatever, um, that part of it is okay. Just dance with it. Just just stay with where it moves you as you experience it. Don't try to take a position. Don't try to change it. The biggest thing is don't try to change it. And and it seems like we want to change something like that, but it's made out of, it's made out of resistance. So don't add resistance. So it's okay. Just dance with that experience and then go down and dance with the, the physical experience as closely as you can get to it. The sensations here, wherever it is, might be in your belly, might be, it can move, but, but also stay, dance with that, you know, just, just meet it as closely as you can. I'm not trying to change it, not trying to even label it, certainly not trying to make it go away, or you're not trying to apply any effort, actually. You're just meeting it. You're like meeting it as if you were meeting a friend, you know, on one side of the street, they're walking and you're walking on this side of the street. You just meet in the middle, has that feeling to it. So no, no, nothing forceful, but more like a curiosity. And I would do both of those individually. I would spend time with each of those aspects because when you don't um, tease that out, then it, it it becomes a kind of um, has like a polarity that makes it hard to approach at all. So I would like approach both of those aspects, the aspect that says no, that may have a narrative to it. That's kind of up here. And then the, also the aspect that's actually a physical experience, a direct sensation and be oh, simple I, about I, it. Actually at, at that point, there is nothing there at all. It's purely uh, the physical sensation is a belly of something that, contract and say no 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 but there is no story or anything then i would else. then i would ask where does that no actually occur so like if you feel a sensation in your hand does it say yes or no doesn't say anything but why yeah. is this saying no where, where are you getting that information so i would explore that because like i said a lot of times these are so woven together we don't realize it but just look at what what's the no aspect and what's the sensation aspect that's kind of what i'm getting at i see See, see where the information you're gathering that says no, that you even know it says no, versus yes, versus maybe, versus nothing. It's very subtle stuff, and it's but it's it's simple and subtle, but it's has a has a lot of gravity to it when you're down down this deep. So um, so just approach it with, like I said, with the sort of gentleness, with a curiosity, and no force. Okay. Okay. And is it? useful for me to spend some time just to let myself 
dissolve because I, this is quite unenjoyable that when I do that for a short period of time, but I don't know if it's uh, helping me in any way except being a nice experience. I would do it as part of your practice, perhaps like your first round of meditation or something like that, but I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do it exclusively or too excessively, yeah. honestly, right now at least. Okay. Thank you. Because it, it can lead to a little disassociation, a little, you know, um, it, because it feels good, you know, so um, it's okay, but I would also spend some time doing this kind of direct work we're talking about. But on continuing meta, I assume. Oh yeah, I think so for yeah. sure. Yeah. When you said there was one type of practice I hadn't approached, I I knew was meta. I don't know why I just felt, felt that's what you were going to say. So <laughs> not that you're not a nice guy, you're a very nice guy, but also I was going to suggest, it sounds like you're doing it, it's working, but if, if you're having challenges with meta or anyone listening, um, you could always start with love towards others too. Like if it's, if, you know, it's, it's oh. there's flexibility to it. It doesn't have to go okay. an exact certain way, but ultimately no, I, you want to incorporate, you want to incorporate all of it. I was doing that by the book. So by the book. All right. Yeah. Thank <laughs> nice you. seeing you. You're welcome. Okay. Let's go down to the bottom. Thomas. He might not have been ready because he was at the bottom. Hi, Angelo. Oh, there you are. Hey, man. I'm going to ask you about sex. I'm, Listen to a lot of your videos and I've never heard you talk about sex and um, it's been a, sex is obviously a um, instinctive thing. It's been um, an issue for me because I had sex when I was young with my older sister. <clears throat> and then uh, when I was in my twenties, I had a partner was sort of a basically a sex only relationship. And as I got in my later 20s, I realized that and uh, realized the addictive nature of it and have been able to have relationships. And yet uh, sex in an addictive sense has remained um, sort of a recurrent thing that seems like my body and my psyche repeatedly goes to, even though I've done inquiry on it, I've done therapy, you know, many uh, kinds of therapy on it. It's, so I wanted to ask you if you had any suggestions. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, I mean, I don't have, I don't have a strong position for or against sex in general. Like it's not a, Charge, it's not a charged issue for me at this point, but I've gone through all kinds of iterations of exploring it and looking at the what it's tied to and so forth. What I find is that far more than we realize, I mean, obviously sex as a physical act, as an act of surrender, as a, as a deeply emotional act, or sometimes not an emotional act, can be, can be a physical enjoyment that's actually disassociated. There's a lot of ways it can come about, but it's a, it's a very powerful experience energetically, of course. So you can see how it has gravity in our lives. But what I've noticed more and more with everybody is how much is tied to it that is not necessarily that we don't realize is is tied to it and is not necessarily directly connected to it like seeking validation distraction so we use it in ways we don't even realize and and it's not like a not like you know it's it's habituated i'll say it that way it's not like we even choose to do this at all but we get habituated to use it in different ways that it's sort of um 
gets co-opted. I'll say it gets co-opted by the identity or by the fear or by the tendency to distract or the tendency to disassociate or the tendency to seek. Of course, that's a big one when it comes to that. So, um, so I, it's a little hard for me to answer in, in this case or with you, because for me, it's not a problem. And I know it's also not really fundamentally a problem for you, but if it feels like a distraction, if it feels like something that wants to be looked at more closely or get solved in some way, or it feels like a, um, a burden or it feels like it, it, it could even a contraction around it, um, then it does certainly, um, uh, compel some investigation that you've already done a lot, obviously. Um, right. so, yeah. So, so, you I mean, you could ask your, you could do some inquiry around it and ask yourself, um, you know, what, what am I associating with my sexuality? What am I associating with it? Or what have I associated with it? Whether it's emotional connection, like you mentioned, you know, a situation with your sister early in life that, that can really wire in an idea about, maybe safety or security or family, like a lot of those things can get, get sort of, uh, wired into the habitual patterns and so forth. So I would actually maybe do some writing, write it out, ask yourself these questions. What have I associated with my own sexuality? Um, where does it, where does it, where do I think it potentially causes harm? Where do I think it potentially adds benefit to my life? Like really look at it in a balanced way. Um, and, you can also ask yourself more more in inquiry rather than when you are writing and doing a little bit more of an analytical approach. When you're sitting silently, you can ask yourself, "What is it I don't want to see about my sexuality? What am I? What am I not looking at? What am I not seeing? Or what am I avoiding?" Um. And also, I want to just tell you to like, you know, go easy on yourself. Uh, we we get a lot of like shame built up around sex. We get a lot of all kinds of emotional stuff built up around it. But the truth of it is it's in and of itself, it's fine. Um, can lead to danger. It can lead to compromising situations. It can lead to, you know, compromised relationships and so forth. Um, but it can also just be a natural way to express affection. And um, it can be a physical activity, sure. you know, all those things, right? So it's a mixed bag for sure. But for you and where the question seems to be coming from, I would sort of unpack what you've associated with it. Oh, there we go. Oh. Okay, sorry about um, that. One yeah. thing I want to ask you is I've been a long-term meditator from when I was in my mid-20s. I basically only like to meditate for 15 or 20 minutes. Um, like I did a sashin, a little Zen center I'm part of, and it was very difficult for me. We had, you know, facing the wall and had 40-minute periods. It was like so boring, you know. And it's like, hell, why am I putting myself through this? So could you speak to that? Yeah. I mean, these may be actually related in, in some way, even though the, the two questions seem different. I'm not sure they do. I mean, maybe one thing sex provides is stimulation that you think you need. Maybe you think you need like a heightened stimulation rather than a, a relaxed, peaceful, introspective stimulation. Because at some point, what I find is that the enjoyment of just feeling the sensation, the natural, boring sensations of the body, um, when it, when it becomes non-dualistic, is so profoundly enjoyable that nothing pale, everything pales in comparison. Sex can still be enjoyed, but it's it pales in comparison to the depth of of intimacy that can be experienced in the senses. So it can be used on the on the other hand, it can be used to actually avoid that. So when someone says, you know, there's something boring or mundane about meditation or whatever. Um, I don't like 
fundamentally disagree with that stance. It's more like I want to emphasize the, that perception um, because I know that with deep meditation in the, in the right situation and so forth, it opens up to profound experiences, profound experiences of expansion, of dissolution, of intimacy. And so how, um, in what way are you not access, accessing that in your life? And understand all of this is available to you for sure. All of it is available to you. But there may be, again, that polarity around sexuality, especially if it becomes distracting, um, it can overshadow other experiences a lot. Um, it can, it, you know, things like, like an addiction to pornography, for instance, can overshadow the ability to actually uh, enjoy simple pleasures, you know, and so intensity, things like that, we can have an addiction to that. Um, but if we, if we really, you know, a couple things, sometimes it's behavior modification to some degree so that you can put that aside enough to start to feel the subtlety of experience, the subtlety of emotion, that's often part of it, but it, it, there has to be a, a component of inquiry. It's it, because at some point, if you don't see how these associations are hooked up, we don't see how, what we're actually using sex for or using pornography for, or using shopping for, or any other kind of addiction. We don't see that. What are we using it for? Why is it there? What is what is that distraction giving me? What is it? Uh, what is it avoiding? Like if we don't see that, then it's it's very difficult to get under because these are powerful drives. So I still think, even though yeah, behavior modification can be very helpful with with habits that are addictive or habituated. Um, investigation into what we're really doing here is is important. Um, and sometimes if you just find the right question and just let it drive down deep, sit with it, don't run away from it. When your mind goes, oh, this is boring. It's like, no, no, there's something here. Underneath <laughs> boredom often, uh, underneath boredom is often a very surprising cascade of emotion. Mm. So there's something juicy there for you. All right. Thanks, Angela. Appreciate your feedback. You're welcome. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Nice to see you again. Okay, so we are going to go to the middle here. We're going to go to Sophie. Hi, Angelo. Hello. Hi. You. Um. <laughs> oh. partly wanted to show up because I put my hand up in December and it really highlighted a place where I'd gone to of control and I had it all written down and I was just so serious and just <laughs> I watched it back and it was just like <laughs> right now I just feel like this shit show come shadow party come fireworks display going off um <laughs> <laughs> and like I'd really built up this really secure and important spiritual identity until about four years ago and it was like healing and I was going to overcome all this stuff and I was going to be important, write a book and become famous and, you know, all underneath stuff going on. And, and then, like, the bottom fell out of my life in a way and all of the stuff I was healing from fell away and there was this, like, what the fuck am I going to do now? 
and then it feels like I was introduced to non-duality and then that's then become the sort of like subtle importance and superiority and I'm seeing it and it just feels really painful and ugly and I just don't want it. Hmm. You know, um, I just feel like at the moment I'm like, I just, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what is all this? Like, what, <laughs> what, what, what? Like, I kind of don't have control. Like, that showed me I have no control over anything. And it was yeah. becoming apparent until then. It was like, I didn't choose this. I didn't choose. Yeah. For things to be like this. And I can't change it. And I can't choose for when things happen. I can't I can't make things happen. So then I'm I've been in this place before, but it feels a lot stronger now of just like what? Like mm. why don't I just go and this is just improvisation. Like <laughs> the whole of life and everything is like one big massive improv class. Or if yeah. we can just sit in the moment and breathe, everything just naturally comes from that. And I don't need to try. Hmm. Yet there is this, still this like energy of, I want to go on Angelo's talk and I want to watch videos and I'm drawn to it, but it just feels like this weird hmm. place of like, I'm done, like stop. Hmm. But also this like connection with, people and do those have to be two things to those do those have to be different <laughs> things stopping altogether submitting to the the lack of will and enjoyment of people or whatever the fuck you want to do right now whatever it is <laughs> whether it's non-duality or eating ice cream or taking a walk or going to sleep like do, the, do those actually have to be two things maybe they're not two things at all our minds like to go, it's either this or that. If it's this, it can't be that. We're always looking at evidence to like second guess ourselves. But the bigger answer or the bigger thing I wanted to say was when you when you started, it, like you, you gave a beautiful dissertation on how this process goes. <laughs> and it's not just for you. We start out with the spiritual journey, the spiritual idea, the spiritual idealization and identity. We can't, that, there's no way not to have that at first. Um, and then we realize this is not an additive process. This process isn't going to add stuff to us. It's not going to give us what we think our spiritual identity wants. It subtracts that. So at some point, the spiritual identity is gone. Then you, you find non-duality, right? You're like, oh yeah, that, you know, it's, it's more poignant, more punchy, more edgy or something. It hits at a deeper level maybe, but we're still going to believe we're going to get something out of it, or it's going to be something for us. And then that's gone too. And then you're, you are, you're left in this place. That's just kind of like the bottom fell out. And it's like, I don't know. Am I supposed to go down? Am I supposed to go up? Wait a minute. I can't go anywhere. I have no choice. I have no will here. Um, so what I really want to ask is because everything you thought was going to happen didn't happen or it didn't give you any of that, is that a bad thing? If, could that be like the best possible thing that ever happened that you actually yeah. don't know? You don't know <laughs> right now. You don't know, but you don't have to even extrapolate that I don't know into one other moment, past or future. It's right here. The I don't know is so powerfully poignant right here. Um, and you're just, in a way, you're kind of forced to live on that razor's edge um, of of complete surrender, stopping, feeling, feeling the helplessness of no will, but also 
at the same time, completely embodying the joy of this, whatever this is, the simple aliveness, the sensations, the bo- the physical body sensations, the colors in front of your face, the movement, all of that is all one doing, one appearing. And um, what, what I think happens is you just acclimatize to it, so to speak. Um, you realize you're not getting anything out of this, but you never needed to get anything out of anything. That was a fool's game. That part of your life is over. It's just about that. The beauty of this evolving, ever-changing, dissolving, appearing fluctuation. And you can live right here. Everything else will just take care of itself. You can live right here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Do you think we can do too much? Like I quit my job in January and now I'm in this process of meeting the fear of the everything, what's coming up. And then I dived right into doing the awakening curriculum. And there's just this, like, I don't know if it's just, yeah. Does it matter anyway? No, I think you're in a good place. I couldn't even answer that question too much, too little, because everyone's so different. Every situation's so different. But in the end, it just drops you right here, right here. There's presence that people talk about, presence and mindfulness. And then there's presence where it's destroying everything. It's destroying everything. Gone, 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 gone. So bright, though. So bright. So luminous. There's no escape from this. There's no need for it, though. <laughs> thank you good to see you you're so welcome yeah much love to you (laughs) all right let's see i think we might have our our guest here let's just check i have a suspicion hello okay i would like to say just that i apologize for uh being late i don't treat this wonderful gathering lightly at all it was just forces beyond my control uh, that we sometimes have to surrender to uh, made me uh, come late, but it's great to see everyone. All right, that's Kogan. Kogan's going to be sharing the space of answering questions here or reflecting or whatever we do. So let's go to um, Matt's iPhone. Maybe Matt's on the phone. Hey, hey everyone. Thanks hey, for the opportunity to chat something through. Um, in my early life, I experienced a lot of shame and the exploration of shame has, well, it's been the sort of central theme for maybe three or four years and in a very direct way. And at the end of last year, I said that before I could stop it, I said this prayer where I was like, I want to know what this is, no matter what. And like, as soon as it went through my head, I was like, oh, fuck. Um, Because, you know, I've said, I've found myself saying prayers like that before. And I understand, I understand that life answers. And, And it did. And I just experienced the most, like, in some ways, kind of garden variety moment of shame, but it was uh, very painful. And I sort of went to the center of it 
just went right to the center of it and it just like this thing this this emotion that had been i think the reference point for me for all these all these years just kind of revealed itself as as it as love as just the same as everything else and i was like it was so um just mind-boggling and so um obvious too you know um to be sitting right in the middle of this thing of this emotion that i had spent my whole life referring back to in one way or another and to find that it is that it's love and um and since then really uh when I have felt shame, I have uh, found that it's kind of sort of just the same. I've had the same experience. Shame arises and then there's sort of just seeing seeing what it really is and then it kind of falls away. And yet there are these pockets in my life where I feel like I'm still in this sort of gravitational pull of shame. And, and that's cool. That seems like a very natural real realistic place to be and one of them is in moments like this interestingly um you know being seen uh using my voice and i have to use my voice in my work often and it's very it's very clear that this this um this uh unspeakable wants to wants to move wants to speak and I can actually feel it speaking right now but then there are these occasions and it wasn't too bad actually today relative to other times but there are these other other occasions where the body the body uh, is must be referring back to some of these prior experiences of being seen of being uh visible and suddenly there's a lot of heart rate you know accelerated heart rate you know all of that sort of very classic stuff that we get uh when we're when we're being visible and for many years there was like a big story about like how annoying this is and this needs to stop and i i can't you know i can't be who i want to be and all that kind of stuff and so now there's a lot of acceptance there is um being being with it as best i can but the this is the sort of dilemma i wanted to run past you um maybe with the exception of today, it's often quite hard to actually really investigate and really consciously allow these sensations when you're actually trying to have a, do a presentation or have a conversation with somebody or whatever. Um, because there's, you know, I feel a, 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 you know, for the love of the person that I'm speaking to or the people that I'm speaking to or to, you know, to really honor what they're here to find out from me or whatever it is, the context, um, it doesn't seem like the right moment to be like, oh, everybody just uh, just give me 10 minutes whilst I just sit with these these sensations that are coming up in the moment. So part of why I put my hand up today is because I knew I would be able to like almost replicate the same sensations in an environment that, you know, would tolerate and value the exploration. Um, but of course, I can't show up here every week, every month and be like, you know, here I am. So I'm just wondering if you have any 
any suggestions on how I can shine my light into this? Um, and I think the other factor in it is the more and more shame is no longer the reference point for who I am, the more like just generally I notice like, like the plug has been pulled out of that whole identity, the more it's kind of just naturally falling away. So there's a, there's an, there's a greater ease I'm noticing even right here, right now. So maybe this just happens organically and it's just a kind of a time thing. Uh, I don't know, but I'd just love the, any suggestions from you guys. Because I want to be, I want to be able to speak in a way that is, uh, that is true, um, and, you know, I'm not going to play those stupid games of pretending that all of this stuff that comes up isn't true. Because I get, but that's also true. Yeah. Okay, Kogan, what you got? Uh, yeah, Matt, I, I just want to thank you for, you know, this awesome uh, description. I feel like all the uh, questioners here are the best teachers, it, it seems uh, now. But, um, you know, I totally can relate to what you're saying. It's, it's, I mean, it's beautiful how much authenticity you have and how intentionally you come, uh, you know, wanting to shine light on every corner of it, right? Because the the, the, the kind of beauty of this process is that nothing is left behind and, and everything is, uh, you know, as this old saying goes, uh, to know and not to be, it's not yet to fully know. Uh, so, so of course we, you know, we uh, want to bring light to every, you know, pockets of this shadow. Um, but as you say, I think also, you know, there's this important piece of, of honoring uh, you know, being with 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 other person in in this moment, and I think there's this sort of uh, natural process. Generally, I'm you know, it's maybe counterintuitive, especially like for people like myself who came from like a traditional background. There's this way of thinking that first you have to prepare all the conditions, uh, you know, like really dissolve all the all the obscurations, and then the sort of realization come forth. And and the truth is, for the most people, it's you know, realization dawns, and then there's this much longer process the realization can happen like in, in an instant right but but then the process of actually embodying it and and kind of really uh reaching all those layers which you know there, there might be still some that we are not aware of uh and they come slowly to light it's it's it's, it's a longer process so definitely like a loving uh sort of attention and patience is is uh you know the name of the game but at the same time Practicing in a smaller moment is much better. So, so as exactly what you did, as, as you said, you came here because you knew that it's a safe space and everybody, you know, is is here with you for that reason. Um, in the same way, if you have people in your life that you feel much more comfortable with, you you, you know, they, they are kind of more um, understanding of your path or, or, or of your process. You can uh, set the intention, as you say, you know, when you look and 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 see through. This sort of you know hurricane of shame and there's in the center of it there's this stillness of, of just unconditional love like you, you can tune into uh the unconditional love itself and then going into let's say knowingly that you know that you are going to have a conversation just you can use like this simple inquiry question for example how this how this love will have this conversation and then not to premeditate anything but that, but basically to tune into it and then as this love speak you know as in you know as this love 
be with this person. And, and in those safe uh, situations, it's easier at first and you're, you'll be able to kind of train in that way. And, you know, the, the really triggering situations might be difficult for quite some time. I mean, they might be not. Uh, it's uh, every person is different. But but through practicing on the kind of simpler uh, situations, intentionally just just bringing this, um, you know, uh, kind of openness and 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 just you know kind of reconnecting with the with the kind of love and and saying okay now I will have this conversation as this love right and and even if the uh, uh, the sensations of shame might still kick in a little bit you know, they, they are still, you know, part of the same blossoming and, 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 you know, not necessarily something to be removed, but something to be completely also embodied and, and experience. And, um, and then progressively, you know, probably in those more difficult situations, um, that would be, you know, becoming more and more uh, easy and, and kind of, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, the, the, the kind of beauty also of this path is that we want to kind of have this sort of you know, like we, we want to have resolved certain problems, but the beauty of it, which is kind of humbling, that we have two steps forward, one step backwards, and sometimes three steps forward and five steps backwards, it feels right on this kind of in our experience. And, 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 and just, you know, but, but you, you also express this sort of acceptance and, and, uh, uh, you know, just, just uh, loving, loving the ride, loving this process, you know, it's, 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 it's really uh, all what it takes to kind of just, just gradually steep yourself into it and, and it, it will it will come forth more and more. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's really beautifully put. And um, yeah, sometimes I find I have I have found that those sort of inquiries, like about being being love speaking or letting love speaking, can can get me into can reactivate that doership, can reactivate that attempt to control like the mind going into well what would what would that be mm -hmm. uh and i've kind of in some ways erred away from that in those moments and more towards tr just trying to be with the sensation be with the heart rate be with those like i was i do couples counseling and yet and i was actually meeting yesterday with a a couple who have some violence going on and i've never worked with a couple like that before and um they came into my office and I sat in front of them and this, this heart rate, this, you know, sweaty palms was there. And, uh, and I just like, and, and they were mirroring it too. Like I could see they were like terrified sitting in front of me and I'm terrified. And I'm like, I want to speak from what is authentic, what is whole, because I know this is what they're here for. And, um, and so it was more like a kind of, actually just like really as best I could, like trying to give attention to to all these physiological sensations in front of them silently. Mm -hmm. um, and after a little, like, it was a little bit like rocky for like about a minute. And then it kind of, it just, it just found its way, I guess that's the best way I could put it. And I think maybe that's what I'm learning is like that, You know, even intense sensation is no match for it. You know, like we can trust it. We can trust it. God, it gives me shivers like saying that. It just, we can trust it to handle even, even the most intense physiological 
if we're open, if we're surrendered, like if we're willing to to trust it, it will just, it will take care of that. It will find a way. And it did, you know, it did. And, it, and I noticed it is right now. Like, you know, it's, yeah. Thanks, Kogan. That was really. Yeah. If I can, if I can just add one thing, um, yeah, maybe please. just semantics, but, but uh, how you said is like, it can withstand, you know, even the most intense sensations, but kind of embracing the sensation within it means you can trust those sensations equally. They are not yeah. two kind of separate things. And and, and yeah. the, the thing, as you said, I think it's absolutely on the money that, that you know, in the moment, uh, you know, it just kind of fully surrendering to, to whatever is arising. The distinction that I was trying to say, it's not about like trying to think in the moment what would, you know, this sort of vast presence say. It's rather tapping into it. And then going into the situation as that, you know, not as a character, as a, as a math, because the, the kind of often what happens when we start to speaking with people, that's the tendency, that's the kind of situation that the most brings us to like a personality, our, our software, like our, our operating system between us <laughs> and, and the others kind of starts to kick in. But if we, if we kind of come as, you know, just this is un completely unbound, uh, you know, radical alive uh, sensations themselves, right? And and we and we kind of come through that, and this speaks just sounds arising. You know, this this kind of subtle nuance. But I think I think you're you know you, you have everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great. I think I think I I see what you're pointing at. Uh, I really like how you gave that just little adjustment um, because I think that's really true to that moment that it's. It's actually trusting the thing that looks not looks untrustworthy, <laughs> as in all of this physiological stuff. It's like, what if that is completely? What if that's the? Oh God, I'm having a bit of a like one of those moments where you suddenly <laughs> you have an insight and you're like, I'm having that rush of like, oh what shit? This is the same insight, really. Like, it's the same insight as trusting that shame is is it what if this heart rate is it like and, and now i'm like oh of course it is like you idiot <laughs> but you know it's like oh wow okay what if this this beating heart this beautiful beating heart that needn't be analyzed or interpreted in any way can be completely trusted and that's it Wow, that's really beautiful. Uh, <laughs> you um, you just put me right there, Kogan. Thank you so much. It was really beautiful. Thank you so much, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you both. That was beautiful. Yeah. Hey, okay, let's you. go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to. Sarah. Hello. Um, so I'm going to ask what feels like a scary question. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so I was watching one of your more recent interviews and it was a woman that had been on before and she was on again and she was at your retreat and she had this experience of um, her fear barrier being basically like essentially being attacked by demons. And um and at the time I'm listening, 
listening to it and I'm able to just be like, well, this is the story, just like anything else. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's just language and it was her experience, but there's no way for me to, you know, so my brain is like trying to like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but I also know that, um, that it's like, when we talk about going all in and trusting and, um, like bring it on no matter what. Like, I know this is one of those things for me that's like, except for this, like not this, like we can bring it all on except for like the dark, scary energy stuff. Um, and I know that it has to do with like background of like some like conservative Christians. So there's like the good versus evil and there's like, you know, the dark forces that are trying to, and I think that even with some of the, not non-duality necessarily, but I think there's some like, um like channeling and all of that like a lot of that is you know conservative christian you know anyways and so um so this so it seems like a pattern of just kind of being faced with this theme a little bit um and um you know our brain's like it's not real it's not real you know it's it, and nothing's real and so it's just hard you know I, like i know that it's somewhere I need to go, at least like not the thoughts necessarily, but that like fear space is somewhere I need to let myself just kind of get comfortable and rest in. Um, and it's also interesting because I have an eight-year-old son that's scared of the dark. And so it's, it, it feels like almost an opportunity a little bit to cut, cause I was too. And I know that it's just that the dark and the unknown and the, just like all of that is just kind of connected. And so, you know, it, um, so I was like, well, I'm scared to ask this question. So I'm going to ask this question. So I don't, I don't know if there's a question in there, I guess, what do I do with it? Or how do I work with it? Or, um, yeah. you know, like those, those pockets that you're like, I'm, I'm willing to go all in, like, I'm here for this, except for like this and except for like this over here, you know? So yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know, when you said the, um, when you just told, described your son being scared of the dark at eight, it, remi it totally reminded me of a line from a movie that's called the prophecy. It's pretty good. It's with Christopher Walken. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a biblical, it's like a war in heaven. And it's like the archangels are going to war and Eric Stoles is Gabriel, I think. And then, um, Christopher Walken, oh, I think Christopher Walken's Gabriel, Eric Stoles is Simon. And they're there. There's like the, the, the archangels that are uh, there that believe in human will. And there's the archangels that, that don't think humans should have any will at all. They hate humans. And they think humans okay. got between God and them and they're, they're out of the grace of God and all this anyway. But at the very end, there's a, the, it all centers around a priest, the priest who basically lost his faith. And he ends up being like the central character of this entire movie. And at the very end, and then the devil shows up, actually, Satan shows up at some point at the very end. He tells the priest, um, I think the priest tells him, he says, uh, he says, I have a soul and I have free will. He says, what do you have angel? And the devil just looks at him and he said, when you were a little boy, you used to run and jump across the room, turn off the light, jump across the room onto your bed because you were afraid I was underneath it. He goes, you know what? I was. And then he says, leave that light on. Right. So he's talking to an adult now, you know, and so he like brings it from childhood right. into adult. That's exactly what it yeah. feels like when you start to experience this like existential terror. Um, well, and I so whatever, yeah, exactly. So whatever that conversation that I had with Sasha definitely catalyzed this for you. Um, it opened up something right. that said, oh, wait a minute. Oh, you mean that? That that door I shut a long time ago that I never thought I'd have to open because I have an adult identity now, right? It has that feel to it. And I'm a parent too. So I'm like yeah. a protector. And so like it's uh -huh. their fear. It's not my fear because I'm I'm responsible for 
Um, and yeah. it wasn't even just a Sasha interview, but it was also like some recent stuff I was looking at earlier. Like it feels like it's kind of like creep, you know, how the universe kind of like creeps stuff in mm -hmm. kind of, and sometimes it has to happen multiple times for you to like pay yeah. attention to it. So it kind of feels like that where it's, it's somewhere I need to be looking, but I just don't want to. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of coming for you is more how I would say it. You can't, you can't make yourself go here. It's not that kind of thing. Exactly. It's, right. you just can't do it. Right. The will can't do this. And also it, this ties into what you were saying earlier, where you, you described how, you know, there's the part of you that's like, I want to do, I'll do everything, but not that. But even, even right. that is not a choice. That's not a choice you're making. Right. You're, you're right. like wired to avoid something. We we're all wired to avoid this. So, and that's just how it is, but it will come for you. It will show you at some point. That's why yeah. my, my favorite quote that I use about like Yoda when he's talking to Luke Skywalker about going into the cave and Luke's like, oh, I'm not afraid. I'll go into that cave. And and Yoda's like, oh, you will be afraid. You will be, you know, and that's how this is. It's like, it will, it will come, it will come up through the cracks at some point. It does it in one way or another. It finds a way. And it, what yeah. it is, isn't, it, it might come in the form of a demonic energy. It may come in the form of just abject fear or terror or just complete dissolution of identity that feels so like there's nothing to grasp onto. And it comes in different ways for different people, but you'll know when you experience it. Um, and the, the, all I really want to tell you is my advice for that is to remember this is when that's happening, it's fundamentally okay, but it will not feel fundamentally okay. The, but just notice any thought at, at that, at that, um, kind of directness, when you're experiencing fear like that, any, any thought at all is going to be distorting. So any thought you have about what's happening or what you need to do about it or what the problem is or even any label, it's just important to just keep disregarding those. So even it's just like basic inquiry in a way, just but but at this at this stage of things, thoughts, the distorting nature of thoughts can really amplify it in a way that's not necessary. So so I'll just say it's, it's a very, very energetic experience. Um, and yeah. I don't think you necessarily need to hunt it down. I think, I think it will find its way into your experience probably yeah. when it, whenever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's my, I, you know, that's I my answer. The, the, I, no, I know. I appreciate that. The idea of like good energy and bad, you know, like it's non-duality. So it's, it's not separate. It's not like this or that, but it does seem like there, you know, like, and I don't know if it's like the relative versus absolute where they're like in the, you know, like, you know, cause I don't know. Like I, it, it, I mean, the brain obviously, I guess is just trying to figure it out, but. So, um, so all of that stuff you're saying, all that stuff yeah. you're saying, all those thoughts you have about this, all of the understanding that's actually trying to avoid it a little bit. Right. What I'm, what I'm telling you, yeah. the advice I'm giving you is when, when this is full on for you, don't do that. Like, yeah. do not do that to yourself yeah. because it will make it so much worse that and it seems right. like the thing to do, but that's why you, that's what allows you to get there is that you have enough insight to really drop completely away from all those identity structures that are trying to protect you from something. You don't need protection right. from it this. Out. Yeah. Right. So, so just don't, don't try to adjust it. You can't. And that's exactly what Sasha was saying. She's like, you know, she's, she's like, I'm rational. I'm logical. I'm a, you know, I've, I've manifested all kinds of things in my life. Like I know there's no demons. I know that. And she said, she realized like, that I, those identity structures weren't helping at that point at all. They weren't, they weren't mitigating the experience at all. And, and I think the insight is, and they don't need to, that you have to let go of those. You have to go beyond your story, even the most fundamental story that you started telling yourself when you were young to avoid the, that terrible fears that kids can come into contact with. That's, that's the basis right. of the story of you in a way. And then you built a bunch of stuff on top of it, but you'll go back there at some point. And it's just, 
you know, all of us do and it'll be okay. Yeah. Kogan may have a completely different kind of answer to this. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Um, I mean, one thing that comes to mind to kind of maybe add to that is also you can be kind of a little bit on the lookout of, on, on, you know, the, the sort of, um, this this fear that kind of stands sometimes at the threshold of of kind of you know letting go into the unknown it it also can can like put on different masks you know ju just be you know now you kind of uh listen to this this interview and it kind of uh elicited something you know like from your background and faith or or childhood or or something but maybe a little bit later on it you know it, it can also come into like you won't be a good mother if you if if you will let go into it right so it can take different masks and different forms so uh right. it can it can be also useful to just kind of recognize the same sort of pattern like of you know some sort of doubt and fearful thought that that tells you that you know everything but not that you know usually that's that's the right. very mechanism of of it kind of keeping the gate kind of be, be standing between you and and the kind of gate of, of just unknown completely so just, just kind of being, being learning yeah. its signature learning its games you know sure and that makes sense i mean because that's i feel like um like that's what we do with emotion anyways is emotion arises and then we create the story around it and so like it's it's the the story is not what's important it's allowing what's trying to come through to come through so that's yeah but, but kind of regarding the demons I'll, I'll just throw it in um like sometimes, you know, whether you want to call it demons or archetypes or something, but when I was going through like a Kundalini awakening process and it was really wild ride. And, um, the, you know, there were times that the, the sort of energy of different sort of, let, let's say rage was so intense that it, it, it kind of felt like, um, you know, it, it could feel like uh, pretty, uh, almost like an entity of its own, right? But but the interesting point was um, there, there, there is this, there are those practices in Tibetan Buddhism, which kind of explore those archetypes on purpose uh, in, in a certain way, because then whatever it's hidden in a shadow, if you explore it directly, it it, it loses control over you. So sometimes, right. you know, when I was feeling anger, like like this burning, you know, fiery anger, I, I would... Kind of just visualize myself as the sort of wrathful deity with, with a, you know like just destroying worlds like not, not, not even like settling right. on a village or something i just destroying the whole world kind of deity and, and and there was something about completely being in this archetype uh, in a kind of conscious way that it was kind of le letting me free from it of it in some way um so i don't know if it's useful right. but it's something to well, play with no, that, uh, sometimes yeah that's interesting Thank you. Yeah, along those lines, I can tell you from my own experience, um, and I have had experience with demonic energies very directly. And I think what over time, it turned into something that just feels like compassion. Like it can be the most terrifying, demonic, hateful energy. And, and now I feel compassion for it. So there's a way to come into communion with it as well. But you kind of have to move through that okay. very abject fear to get that to get to that i think it's i don't know that's how that's... for the suffering whatever it is yeah i just feel nothing but love for it yeah it's suffered more than all of us together in a way it's it to me these energies are these are energies and they are they can be take archetypal forms they can take personal forms impersonal forms um demonic forms for sure all of that um but they're 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 like collections of energy that has been subject to massive amounts of resistance repression um essentially being shoved into the shadow 
and that's why that's where they're and that's where that's where they they gain their power from the shadow that because of that because that's where they've had to live yeah so things change when they come out of the shadow but there's a there's a um acclimatization process where you come into communion with it more because it doesn't feel apart from me either when that's when these experiences come they're not apart from me at all there's nothing that says i'm here and the demon's there And even though it doesn't feel safe, it is safe. Yeah, totally. That's exactly right. Yeah. I don't even need, it okay. It feels, it can feel so unsafe. There's so much, I don't know how to explain it. There's so much trust in this, in this, that, that, that it, it doesn't, I, there's, I don't even have to tell myself this is safe. It can feel completely unsafe. That's okay. It's just full immersion. I don't know how else to explain it. If you if you're if you're 99% immersed with something like this, it'll be torture. If you're 100% immersed, it's bliss. It's compassion, love, something like that. Yeah. Cool. Great question.